If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za. Such a pleasure to have you with us, sir. Welcome. Um, thank you very much, Google. Good evening to you and good evening to your listeners. A delight to speak to you. I nearly said Happy New Year, but yeah, I think uh, <laughs> 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 I, I'll reserve it for another day. On that note, Kakiso, I guess when we take a look at the Vodacom theme, oh, please call me to bottle with Mr. Magate. Many of us in, as South Africans might perhaps sit back and think, hmm, what does this mean within the context of inventions in the workplace? And maybe let's set that context there. Is there a code or a policy that does provide some kind of guidance? as to how inventions or solutions that will prove to be of commercial value for the employer uh, and how they need to be managed essentially? Um, well, Google, I think off, um, uh, off the bat, one would need to consider from an employer's perspective what the protection for the company or the employer is. And this is typically through... I think with most, all of us have seen the standard catch-all clause in an employment contract that states that um, all forms of intellectual property are assigned to the employer. Now, these clauses exist in various forms, and most of these forms are fairly straightforward and understandable. But however, most of them can be rendered unenforceable and void because they may um, not uh, um, comply with the provisions of either a trademark act or a copyright act but typically the Patents and Designs Act, which, which, which is what is um, relevant in, in, in the case of um, uh, Mr. Makate versus, versus Vodacom. Mm. And I think that, that it's important to understand that within our law, IP is protected through those three, four acts, and they prescribe different requirements as to um, the intellectual property rights provided to each party in a particular transaction. And it is off that basis that one would get an understanding of the um, case of Mr. Nkosana versus Vodacom. Because I think contrary to popular belief, the dispute in question lies largely around the laws of contract and whether or not there was an agreement with Mr. Makate and his then line manager and the director of product development at the time mm. that should the idea become financially viable. Vodacom would pay to Mr. Makate a certain amount of money that was to be decided in the future. That is, in essence, the gist of the dispute. Not so much the intellectual property rights of who owns the idea or the innovation of the piece called me. I think it's common because um, that the idea was then discovered by Mr. Makate, and he is the owner of the idea that was then presented to Vodacom and rolled out as the piece called me. from USSD service. Mm. So in essence, the, the IP issue is not addressed and it is better down its common cause. It is a contractual dispute that threw out this entire process as to whether or not the individual at the time, um, the, 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 uh, the product development and management director, who did have the requisite authority to enter into such an agreement on behalf of Vodacom with Mr. Magate. And that has been decided by the court that indeed he did possess the requisite capacity and authority to bind water culture transaction. I understand. Uh, Jish, it's incredibly complex, uh, as you're highlighting, uh, in terms of the, the findings that have been discovered. But I'm, I'm assuming before I sit back and I go back to my managing director tomorrow and say, hey, this feature called Careers Corner on Kaya Biz, uh, myself and the producer came up with it. How do we need to contextualize for this for the various industries or companies and businesses that we work for? And, and as you say, already there might be some kind of... Um, 
a, a term or, or, or theme that you need to stick to within your employment contract. Um, but, but generally speaking, how do we need to manage innovations and solutions um, within our workplaces? So there's typically two two exceptions that that, um, that come about specifically um, that come from the Patents Act and the Design Act, and those speak to um, a specific requirement that an employee is required to assign, and they specifically use the word the assignment of the invention made by themselves to the employer, if such assignment happens within the course and scope of his employment. And the argument has always been the fact that. Um, Mr. Makate was a trainee accountant at the time. Mm-hmm. He worked in finance, was a trainee accountant, and he came up in a, in, he came up with an idea for a totally different um, stream of business. It was nowhere near linked to the kind of work that he's employed and paid to do. And that's how he was able to retain ownership of this innovation. Mm-hmm. So if, 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 if someone is, for example, employed as a scientist and they come up with a cure or the vaccine for COVID, for example, for Johnson & Johnson, that individual would not be able to claim ownership of that patent or that innovation because it happened within the course and scope of the employment for a task and or function that they employed for. So the second restriction would be the fact that, um, as per our law, an employee's uh, rights are restricted to a particular invention if it happens less than a year um, after the termination of contract on so if, so, so if you have invented something and there's an inflection of a period of 12 months, the employer can therefore not come and claim that that invention was, was in, uh, or that innovation was within the course of corporate employment. So those two restrictions or those two um, areas which are now not give employees specific leverage or specific rights. But it's important that we have the discussion within the workplace and ensure that Everybody understands their role as well as their rights and responsibilities, especially with regards to innovation in the workplace. 100%. Very, very important that we, we do remember this. And, and as you say, um, it's, it's, it's also particular to the organizations that we happen to work for. But I'm also able to understand if this kind of theme might pose a risk in limiting employers from encouraging innovative solutions being developed within the organizations and how that might be effectively managed. Because we're well aware that sometimes fresh ideas really do need to come from the team. But I guess, have we seen that employers are finding better ways of managing um, the ownership and the rights and compensation um, without hindering the level of innovation that comes through from the employees? And and. And what you're raising is very important because innovation in the workplace more often than not comes from the employees within that particular organization. And, and it's for the employer to put in place measures that would allow for the um, incentivization, if I can put it that way, as well as the recognition of innovative ideas that do come from, from, from employees. Um, I, do know, I do know that F&B has on occasion read something that they call the F&B Innovators Internal Campaign, yes. which was an internal competition where they put up a certain amount of prize money, um, in this instance, it was a million rand, for the employees to come up with an, with an innovative idea that will better the company. And this was from bank teller to executive. Anybody could participate. Anybody could come up with an idea. And the bank would then put in place parameters to ensure eligibility for this million rand uh, prize that would have been given to an employee. So there are ways in which employers can foster innovation within the workplace by not only 
adopting a hard and fast rule that listen, anything that you come up with within the course of global employment belongs to us because that doesn't stifle um, innovation in the workplace. So you are able to then incentivize and, 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 and ensure also that employees in the workplace are able to then uh, come up with ideas that can assist the business or even generate other streams of revenue like we saw with Mr. Makate and Dora. 100%. Uh, there's a wonderful tweet that we also have from one of our contributors on the show here, Boniwe Dunstam, who's sharing an example of how job seekers tend to share their intellectual property without knowing through the recruitment process when employers ask them to solve a case study. And most times these case studies are to solve the current challenges that the company is facing, either internally or in the market. And I think this leads us to a whole nother conversation, right? Because through the recruitment process, you're not contractually bound to the organization, right? Um, uh, number one, to come up with a solution or even receive some sense of compensation. So how would that need to be managed, especially in the early stages of uh, recruitment for a business? With, with, I think the recruitment aspect, and especially with the case studies that, um, that most recruiters tend to use when um, recruiting for particular positions, it is... It is um, the advantage is that that process is largely documented, and 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 where as an employee or as a prospective employee, because you do possess from a labor relations act perspective, you do possess similar rights to that of an employee within a particular workplace in relation to that recruitment process. Mm. You could receive protection in the event that you are of the opinion that something that you have presented to the company through a recruitment process is now being implemented by the company and it's, it's for example, generating um, revenue for that. Because that process is largely documented and there's a paper chain around when was this uh, proposed or, or when did this entire recruitment process happen, when the company starts to uh, implement something similar or when patents, for example, were filed or they no patents, are they uh, final patents, that process is not documented and, and it then becomes a lot more easier to prove that, hey, but you guys use something that I pitched to yourself for, 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 for your benefit. I mean, you've seen a lot of it happening in exposing on social media when someone says, listen, I pitched a particular TV show or I pitched a podcasting idea. And I have a friend of mine who pitched a particular podcasting idea to one of the well-known footballing brands, which yeah. he was of the opinion was replicated, having excluded him from the process. And unfortunately... Because sometimes people are passionate about the, about what they do, we don't dot our eyes and in terms of ensuring that our ideas are protected in the event that we may find ourselves in some sort of dispute. Hundred percent. So true that we need to pay closer attention to some of these um, uh, themes that we need to be mindful of. So uh, again, strong lessons that have been learned and considerations we need to bear in mind. Kahiso, truly appreciate your time this evening, sir. I know that we've been eating into your family time, so we'll let you get to it. Um, uh, and again, thank you for your contribution to the show. And if you missed it live, catch the broadcast on Kaya nine five nine dot co dot za.